The Spanish Announce Table. Hey, bitch ass. It's episode 325 of the Spanish Announce Table. I'm Tim. That's Tom over there. Tom, how's things going? Well, ball sacks, I'm glad that you're tuned in for Spanish Announce Table, especially on the YouTube as you check out our cool-ass background, putting a lot of money into this setup. We look great, goddammit, and we're pumped up. It was a great week of pro wrestling. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I tell you what, I haven't had this much fun watching one specific promotion of pro wrestling in God knows how long. The other side sucks ass. Oh, it's the worst. I couldn't do this podcast if this one promotion was still the number one promotion. It is the number one promotion from all standards as far as financials and ratings and all of that. But it is not number one as far as entertainment. It is not good. But the other one, the number two, huh, special place in my heart, as I like to do, chef's kiss. Tim, hmm. with all that being said on my side, how are you? I'm well. Uh, uh Another great week of wrestling and great on one side, as you said, not so great on the other. Um, so I watched a lot of that. Also took Swim Trunk uh, to his first bout of spring weights for high school football. He'll be in high school next season. So they were like, hey, spring is voluntary if they want to show up. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I do. So five in the morning, getting up, oh. getting ready to go take him in to go Rah, right Lived is he up. working a part-time job no he's 14 okay yep i think you can still work at 14 right uh i mean maybe or in my... some things some instances yeah. but now nah, he's he's uh doing with this the daughter is she's 16 um about to be 17 so she's been working for a bit but yeah uh yeah so that's kind of you know been it other than that oh we've been working on the garden set up a greenhouse um built a rain barrel tom Ooh. here's my old man story of the week yeah, old went, man's story went, of the week. Let's hear it. Went to the store to buy a rain barrel, right? Because we're setting up the garden. We were like, we should catch the rain. Use the water for that, right? That's what you're supposed to do. And they wanted $110 for the rain barrel. And I was like, yeah, here. It's a barrel. What the thing? So I bought a trash can and a spigot and yeah. some caulking, and mm -hmm. I just built the damn thing, and it works. Yeah, of course. Rain barrel, 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. here. I left that store. Uh, <laughs> so we did that, all of that. Uh, and then settled in for all the wrestling. Tom, by the way, not only is this the 325th episode of what we call the Spanish Announce Table proper, this will be the 398th overall episode of material that you and I have done together wow. here on this feed. If you take all the road stories, you take all uh -huh. the Tim and Toms, you take uh -huh. all the Tweet the Tables, yeah, uh, 398 episodes on our feed here. So in a couple of weeks will be the 400th something we have given you in podcast form. And thanks, Theo, for being there for every single episode. Uh, <laughs> you think so? Man, maybe. I bet he maybe, has. Maybe. And if so, thank you. I appreciate it. Somebody, somebody heard every, maybe Justin Summers has probably heard every, maybe not. No. Yeah, he I bet stopped you, for a while, didn't he? I bet you he stopped. Well, I bet you he didn't listen to Tim and Tom. I bet you mm, he, it was like, why Kansas City? That's meh. Yeah. But Theo, I felt like, has always been there from the whole time. Cataclysmic, maybe. in and out. We have a good core group uh, of Spanish Nouns Table, Table Nation uh -huh. um, senior members. Yep. So and thank if you, you to all listening you. slash watching want to join the Table Nation, it's easy. You already have. We welcome you. You're here. Just interact with us. Tweet the table on Twitter. Hashtag tweet the table. Right? You can use that. We'll read some of those here on the show. More on mm -hmm. that later. Uh, we're at Table Show. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Instagram. We're on the TikTok. 
all of that we'll talk about, but you can find all the links you need for that at SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Real easy. So, Tom, let's just get into the wrestling. Let's not bore people any longer. Unless yeah, you got let's... something. Unless something happened to you this week. Did something no. happen to you this week? No, I do have good news coming mm. up, but I'll share that on next week's episode. Uh, okay. Uh, Ooh, got a new got a new addition coming to the family, which should happen this weekend. Oh, so, okay. my brother in law and his wife are expecting their uh, second child. It's planned for Saturday, boy. so we got a Whew. big weekend. I thought you were about to shock me, Tom. No, I'm about to fall no. backwards. In no. My chair. No. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm just saying. Uh, but fun fact about this new child that it will be uh, not yours, not ours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will be a godfather. Ah. It will be a godchild. So Look I will be you. a godfather. Look I've been trying you. my hardest. Side note, they're not going to watch this. Side note, I've been trying my hardest to like use the baby and like recreate scenes from the godfather, but have the baby in it. I think that would be so funny. Tommy, you got a green screen now? We could really. Oh, I know. Really recreate. Hold that, hold that little baby girl. You I just like stuff some stuff in your cheeks. Re- yeah. <laughs> I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I also, uh, another side note, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, because get to know us. Because it's your uh, podcast. Yeah. Uh, since we have the new dog, now that makes four in our immediate family, our nuclear family. It's the four horse. So I want to, well, but I want to recreate the um, death row picture, you know, with the mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, uh, Tupac, and um, Suge That's Knight. Excellent. Yeah, I want to do that. That is Anyhow, excellent. Great. Let's idea. get into pro Great wrestling. Mm-hmm. We had the best show of the week, AEW Dynamite, last night, Wednesday, and it kicked off with a hell of a match. It was a AEW World Heavyweight Championship Eliminator match. Champion Kenny Omega taking on challenger Matt Seidel with the stipulation that if Matt Seidel won, he would then get a future championship match. Tim, what did you think of this awesome match? I The match is what we would expect out of this, right? I mean, these guys are some of the best kind of, you know, let's bounce off the ropes and go 100 miles an hour wrestlers that you're going to find. And I think we got that. Um, I just, you know, with minimal story behind it, outside of, you know, the little mini story of, hey, this guy can get a title shot. I don't think anybody really thought that was going to happen. So um, I, I don't know if you caught um, – Excalibur calling him a young upstart, Matt Seidel, and JR being like, he's older than <laughs> Kenny Omega. Yeah. So, yeah, what would you think? Well, I thought the interesting point from this matchup was that Kenny Omega, your heavyweight champion, is still in the position to say, I will be the example in this promotion, and I will not only give you an amazing match. It's not going to be your standard, hey, hip toss, da da da, boom, boom, hey, I got the win. Now let's get to the story, right? It was, no, I'm going to give you an awesome match to kick off a television episode. Yeah. That's the part where I was more, not amazed, but more um, impressed from Kenny Omega to say, like, I'm not just going to go in here and make it a squash match or just make it a standard, hey, you know, paint by numbers, you know how my matches go, and then let's get on to whatever's next, right? It was, hey, I'm going to 
reverse Matt Seidel doing the knee thing from the top rope and throw him into the buckle. And I'm going to have him reverse my V trigger into a roll up to get a two count. Like it was a really well-structured match to your point that didn't really have much of a story. And so Kenny Omega could have easily said like, Hey guys, let's save this kind of match for champ. Yeah. The next time I have a pay-per-view match against Eddie Kingston or whoever it is. Right. So that's what I left with, with saying like, wow, they kicked off the show with the champ and he gave you full effort. So I thought that was awesome. But yeah, Kenny Omega did get the victory. Uh, Matt Seidel did come up on the losing end. I thought Matt Seidel, though, this was the first time that we truly saw Matt Seidel in AEW. You know, mm-hmm. he came in, he was the uh, wild card in the uh, Battle Royal, obviously slips and falls. Then didn't really have much going on, and he still doesn't have a true defined character. Now, he does have Mike Seidel, so it's the Seidel brothers, and in AEW, everyone's in some type of faction or team, so at least you found something there. But this was the first time when it was like, if you didn't know who he was, if you never heard of Evan Bourne, and you didn't know of the Seidel guy coming in, after this match, I feel like you should say, okay, we can get behind this guy in a match against Darby Allen or Scorpio Sky. This was the first example of like, that's why he was the wild card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. After the uh, match, we had uh, Cesar Bononi taking on. Is that how you say it? Cesar Bononi? Cesar Bononi. Cesar Bononi. Bononi. Well, he lost. Yeah. So he lost to the hangman. He he is 2021's big cast, right? Where we're like, Hey, this guy has potential. And I'm like, does he have potential or do we hope he has potential because he's huge? He's mm-hmm. not a bad looking character. You know what I mean? Like we, we want this guy to have potential and maybe, maybe not. I mean, he's not terrible. Don't get me wrong. Every time I've seen him, I've been like, yeah, okay. He needs work, but he's there. Right. I don't think he's man. Turn the channel. This is sucks. It's not men on a mission from early nineties, WWF where you're like, fuck this. Why is this on my television? But to your point, I don't think I'm going to say, guess what, guys? He he has to be seen. We got to get more promos out of him. We got to do X, Y, and Z. So I think where he's at is an okay spot. And in this spot on AEW Dynamite, he lost to Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, still killing it with the graphics. I The best graphics in pro yeah, wrestling. Good. This week it was has friends in dark places. I mean, you don't get much better than that, right? Hangman Adam Page. The best character all around, 360, with matches, promos, storyline. I think he's the best wrestler in all of pro wrestling right now. Mm. Absolutely awesome. I'd have to think on that. And I understand. Maybe I'm getting a little too, you know, high and mighty with my takes here. But I also But look at his hair. What's that? But look at his hair. I mean, how could you not? Have you not seen this motherfucker ride in on a cow, (laughs) on a horse? As a cowboy. Motherfucker rides yeah. in on a horse. Yeah, motherfucker rides in on a horse. You forget about when he took on Chris Jericho in the inaugural AEW World Heavyweight Championship match and he rode in on a fucking horse? Who else Says doing all that you need shit? to know. Yeah. Yeah. Go fuck your sister if you don't like that shit. That's awesome. God damn it. All right. After that, Hangman <laughs> Page won. <laughs> he celebrated. <laughs> With some beer on stage, because that's what fucking victors do. They drink alcohol and say, like, I'm cool. They don't go ride fucking go-karts and play Nintendo 64. 
and fucking drink beer and buy lawnmowers. After this, we had, <laughs> we had Lance Archer backstage. And now that we're starting to get more defined on Lance Archer versus Sting, I think it was some flirtation, some hinting that maybe this is what we're going to do next. Right. This was the first time Lance Archer's like, Sting, your ass is mine. You're a legend. You're not a legend anymore. I'm tired of you taking up my time. It's time for people to see me. What do you think about a potential matchup storyline, Lance Archer versus Sting? Yeah. I don't think that'll be terrible. Again, I think Lance Archer's been doing this long enough to be able to work with a guy like Sting, know how to like get Sting into his spots, protect him, but still get over because this will be about getting Lance Archer over. That's the what Sting is on, right? The get the young guys over tour, even though mm. Lance Archer's not maybe not what we'd call a young guy, but relatively new to the big time stage in America. So um yeah, I mean I, I like the promo of Lance Archer, but I think I always have. So I, I wasn't surprised by that. But um, the match, I think I'll be positive and patient for if I had to be because, you know, I don't think it's going to be anything that we're going to – man, you remember that Lance Archer-Sting match in 20 years? So, yeah, it'll well, be So fine. what did you think about Lance Archer doing this solo? That was the part that I left more intrigued about is there was no Jake the Snake Roberts. And yeah. if any time Jake the Snake Roberts would be an integral part in a storyline with Lance Archer, it would be with Jake the Snake's former rival, Sting. You know what I mean? Like, he's been there when uh, Lance Archer took on uh, John Moxley, or he's been there when uh, he's kind of that tweener helping out uh, the Death Triangle, you know, doing that stuff. But he wasn't here, and I felt like this was the one time he needed to be here because he could have told you all the things that sting was and why he's not that anymore. And then Lance Archer could have came in with the, it's my time. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I thought that was interesting too. I mean, I did pick up on that, that there was no Roberts, but I mean, I, again, if, if we know it's just about Lance Archer saying his piece, then it's better not have him hanging around the background, I think. So, um, but it's, it's interesting. There wasn't the also then, right? Like that both of them weren't saying mm -hmm. something. Yeah. It's... You think we get to a point where maybe Jake, the snake Roberts grabs a Cesar Bononi and says, Hey, Lance, you've obviously blossomed into a, you know, top tier, you know, champion contender. I need to work with someone else. You're good to go on your own. Like, do you think that will ever happen in AEW? I think it would be better if they want to put Lance Archer on a full-time face run to have, Roberts go extra creepy, right? Like you thought, thought you were dark. I'll show you, and then mm -hmm. try to bring somebody along, and because even that can help turn that, you know, the Caesar Bonani face at the end and be like, "No, nah, man, I don't want to do this anymore. You're weird." Right? Yeah. Like, no, Lance Archer was right. You're a crazy motherfucker, right? Yeah. So after the Lance Archer promo, we got a back-to-back -back promo because then Tony Schiavone welcomed out. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and this, I thought, was the promo of the week. So good. What did you think, Tim? I like the jabs she took at McFoley. I like the jabs. I mean, just everybody. I, she was just brutal and just owned it all. I mean, square up in the mic, not hesitant to say anything, felt all of that shit, and I'm here for it. Yeah, even took uh, a swipe at the veterans that are signing with AEW yeah. saying, we don't need to be doing that. We got Ooh. me right here. Mm. This is, though, where you need to have 
I don't know what their plans are for the AEW Women's Championship, right? right? I think, again, Sheeta is a good white meat baby face champ, you know? It's a good, like, this is the pillar of this division, the the shining white knight, you know, or whatever you want to call say there, right? I think she does awesome in that role. But you can't really take her serious as champion when Britt Baker's making headlines and then saying, I'm the face of the division, and the champion's not even going like, hey, bitch, I got the title right here. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're, you're not the face of the division until you're champ, and I'm the champ. I think we need to eventually have Sheeta at least getting pissed off that Britt Baker's taking all the shine. Cause right now in kayfabe and in shoot Britt Baker is the topic we're talking about in women's pro wrestling. It's not Sheeta. So Sheeta and kayfabe, you should be getting pissed off and be like getting in her face or saying your piece or your two cents. So I love the promo. I, I get the Mick Foley. It took you 20 years. took me one night. Le- uh, legends go fuck yourself i'm i'm the shit right here we need to invest in me which she's right um i thought it was awesome thought it was incredible I, now i'm just intrigued because there wasn't uh there wasn't a, a cliffhanger mm. there wasn't yeah. thunder rosa comes out or someone else comes out so now what do we what's the second part of this Britt baker story you made your big splash now you've solidified yourself as a top heel or baby ace or you know talent in AEW. so what do we do next so let me ask you tom let's say you're in the room with tony khan and he's like you're right Britt baker's got to be the champ we've got to pull that trigger but what story are we going to tell it can't just be i'm the champ and she just had this brutal drag out with thunder rosa about who's king bitch basically lost that but mm-hmm you know solidified ourselves as one of the biggest badasses in the company so now what what's the play here so that again that's where i would have Sheeta coming out and saying like you got to stop this like what i would do is next week you have Britt baker do another promo where she's like did you forget how badass i was did you love that promo last week i'm gonna give you some more this week and before she gets into her you know running down of the the, the roster Sheeta just stops her just walks out no I'm tired of this. You're a loser because she did. She lost, right? So that's where you would say, Sheeta, as a baby she face, lost. you lost. You're not the face of the division. Losers aren't the face of a division. I'm a winner. I'm a champion. I'm the person. You think you're bad. You think you're good. You think you're making the headlines. You're not doing half of what I'm doing, and I'll kick your ass tonight. I would have that match, and then I would have her. I would have Britt Baker lose that again. But then still say, like, guys, who main evented twice now? AEW. It's me. And then she does. It's like, me. It's me. The DMD. Right? That's great. Right? Yeah. Right. And then you get her to be not delusional. You don't want her to become like a Matt Hardy broken character where she's just like uh, thinking she's the greatest thing in the world when really she keeps on losing matches. But have her lose that match to Sheeta. But then have her say, like, guys, I may have invented two AEW Dynamites. Name another woman who's done that. No one. No and one. That, and then that's when Sheeta's like, I'm going to shut you up for good. Shutting you up for forever. Next pay-per-view. Whatever that is. I don't know. Double or nothing. Double or nothing for the title. It's me and you. And I would just do the back and forth stuff leading up to it. And the kind of, you know, 
paint by numbers where it's uh, Britt Baker has a match. Sheeta costs her by distraction. Sheeta has a match. Uh, it goes to DQ because Britt Baker attacks her, right? Then we get to the pay-per-view. That's when Britt Baker cashes in on all of this pomp and circumstance we've invested in, right? This is when, and you could even do it heel, right? You could have Rebel grab Sheeta's leg or do whatever, and then Britt Baker gets the win. Then have Britt Baker beat some Tay Conti's, some Red Velvets, you know, those kind of contenders. Make her feel like she is the almighty. And then that's when you have Thunder Rosa say, bitch, you ain't beating me. And then, oh, shit. Whap, whap, whap. Yep, we're getting lights out, too, at whatever the next pay-per-view is after that. That's what I would do. I like it. Nice. Good stuff. All right, after this, uh, we show the Pinnacle leaving their locker room, but then we go to a commercial break. And when we come back, we have Christian Cage, who is the orangest person in fucking pro wrestling. Good God. What, did he like MJF look at Trump and he's like, orange. what's that? MJF is pretty orange. Oh, MJF, but MJF is a bad orange. <laughs> like, at least Christian's like, Christian is six shades too much orange but it's all solid color mjf looks like he just puts it in his hands and wipes it on his face before he walks out like what the fuck is he doing with himself looks goddamn awful he might be doing that maybe he's he might that. be yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me but christian cage looked so fucking orange backstage talking to some young guys i think it was the varsity blondes and um there was a third person wasn't there oh yeah. dante martin right the uh mm -hmm. top flight guy right and then Frankie Kazarian walks out and is like, hey, I like your shirt. The work part, though, when are you going to start working? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like right. this uh, breakdown here that they did. I like hit Kazarian. This was a great promo the way he did it. He sold it. It was very believable. And he was just kind of like, mm, you know what? Well, you know. And, step in, and then even Christian at that point, like it was kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. For me, like, Kazarian's doing a good job here. And then Christian even made it more real, like, when he kind of stepped to him and was like, well, hey, listen, right? Like, paraphrasing, mm -hmm. but he's like, fuck this. You and me, man. Fuck it. Like, I'll do it again. I'll show you. And he's like, Cause I will outwork you. And I, I like that. I, I, good build up for just a what we know will be a Kazarian loses so Christian gets some some shine. But mm -hmm. nice little sell job between these two. And, yeah, I, I can only imagine these two going out thinking they've got something to prove is going to be a cool match. And credit to AEW to acknowledge their history. They were obviously both in TNA for a time period. They have had matches before. So they didn't do this thing that WWE would like to do where it's like, oh, my God, I've, who are you? And it's like, we have tape of two years of matches that you guys have done. Like, stop it. Stop acting like you don't know who you are. So credit to AEW to not uh, discredit the viewers' uh, knowledge of who these two people are. But I am excited about that. That is a really good establishing match for Christian because Kazarian can give anyone the match of the year for, for, for them. And Christian, as now it just feels like everyone is telling us that this guy is the smartest man in pro wrestling. Uh, you shared with me a clip from Mark Henry saying that this was the best signing in AEW histories. He said uh, you know, he said pool. he's the smartest mind he's ever worked with as far as like thinking of like finishes and, and match setups and stuff. He said he's a Pat Patterson style mind. And he said he's the smartest mind that I've worked with in the business. And he's like, and I've worked with some pretty important guys, which is true. 
And that's yeah. what I'm saying. If true, if what Mark Henry is saying is true, that is nothing less than awesome for AEW. Yeah, and then you pile that onto what John Moxley has told Renee Young, obviously his wife, that saying, I thought I knew what pro wrestling was. Then I had a match with Christian and I realized I didn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. The way we're talking about Christian, at least from his counterparts or peers, because Mark Henry would be a peer. I would say John Moxley is more of a next generation. They obviously didn't come up. At the yeah, same I agree time. with that. Yep. But the way these these talents are talking about christian i feel like we're talking about how we talk about with eddie guerrero you know like cm punk has a very infamous story when in ring of honor he was walking around thinking he was the hot shit eddie guerrero gets released from wwe comes down to ring of honor uh cm punk has a match with eddie guerrero and Rey mysterio and he's like i don't know what the fuck pro wrestling is because i thought i knew it was and eddie guerrero taught me i don't know shit i feel like we're talking about that way in, about christian right now but he's not retired or he's not like passed on. You know what I mean? We talk about him like that usually when well, they're gone. And I will say this. The times I thought he was best were when he was out of the WWE umbrella. Like he had some cool oh, moments, yeah. but like mm -hmm. him personally as a character, this Christian Cage, some of his best mic work stories and mm -hmm. stuff like that were TNA. So maybe if he's allowed a leash that he was never allowed because they just viewed him as that guy in WWE, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll see a late career surge, resurgence from Christian. Then. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm also excited because a thing that we've said multiple times on this podcast is when WWE makes a, a new hire, a new hire, it's mm -hmm. always the Paul Heyman's, Eric Bischoff's, Bruce Pritchard's uh, before he passed away. Pat Patterson reemerges back into a full-time role. And we've always said, like, who's the next generation of great minds I am instantly going into, hey, I hope Christian has a great two-year run, but let's make him the Pat Patterson AEW. Have him sit there with Top Flight and the Acclaimed and say, this is what we're doing, and then make us, as the viewers go, like, that was the greatest tag team match I think I've ever seen. Right. That's what I'm excited with. Let's just turn Christian into that. I don't even necessarily need to see him wrestle. I agree, yeah. <laughs> if <he's>, if <laughs> like, he really is that good, then yes, that's exactly yeah, the spot he should have. Definitely. So speaking of uh, the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin, who were uh, backstage with Christian, they were in action after the commercial break against the Pinnacle. It was FTR and Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard, Wardlow, and MJF ringside. It was good to finally see the Pinnacle in action. I thought it was a good establishment of like, yeah, we can all work together. Check this shit out. And it was a squash match with obviously some offense from the Varsity Blondes and uh, Dante Martin, but more or less this was... Hey, the pinnacle's here. The pinnacle's going to uh, kick everyone's ass. Uh, Post-match, though, we got a we got a promo. What did you think of the promo from the pinnacle? The promo from the pinnacle was great. I I, they, I, I like how they keep establishing uh, what they're here to do, which is not – I mean, there's not a whole lot of deep thoughts to it. It's just like, well, we're here to win gold and beat the shit out of everybody and be at the pinnacle and be at the top. And I really like when Tony Schiavone – cuts in and he starts saying something and mjf is just like like what and warlow's kind of leaning in and then he's like i'm sorry did you have something to say and like, yeah that was great yeah. Yeah. tony shivani did the opposite of a mean gene was like no nah, you know what never mind sorry yeah but Please credit continue. to him because i think i think we need to have a little bit more of that in pro wrestling where if the heel and in this case, I think what was happening was MJF was saying, hey, Inner Circle, why don't you come out here and fight us? And Tony Giovanni says, you know they're not here. 
Like, stop it. I think we need to have more backstage reporters or, you know, in-ring reporters, as this case was, not be so fucking dumb, you know, where it was like, oh, what? You're just, they aren't going to show up? Like, no, you fucking know. They're hurt. They're not going to be here. The thing I liked about the Pinnacle uh, promo, though, is they are saying they're here to win gold and kick ass, but they're not doing the heel thing where the inner circle is in our rear view mirror. They're essentially like rubbing it in on the inner circle where they're saying, we kicked your ass. Hey, wasn't that cool? Two weeks ago yeah. when we kicked your ass. It's they haven't just said we're here to take over. You know, where's Kenny Omega? Where's the young bucks? No, they're still like rubbing it in on the inner circle and saying like, while you're gone, we're taking your locker room while you're gone. We're going to talk shit on you. Like that was a cool uh, wrinkle into this story. After the match and after the promo, we get backstage. Team Taz. Quick little promo here. What did you think about Team Taz essentially falling apart in front of our eyes? Yeah, Taz. Uh, the looks from Brian Cage the whole time when he's like, God, he apologized to each of us. And Brian, he's like, he did what? He's like, yeah, it's specifically to, to Ricky Starks. And he's just like, mm. And then I love how he didn't give him the, like, yeah, yeah, you're right at the end. He just kind of was like, did his own little phrase. Um, so, yeah, we're going to see Brian Cage break away maybe, I guess. The other part of that quick promo, though, is if you noticed, Ricky Starks didn't necessarily, like, feel warm and fuzzy either because they were like, you doing good? And he's like, yeah, he did the sarcastic, like, yeah, never been better, which is maybe he's like, fuck this group, too. So, that's what I was saying. Maybe we just see the dissension and downfall of Team Taz, which if yeah. that happens, what happens to Taz? Does he just go back to calling dark matches and well, I see think you later? So I think we've established Ricky Starks is, doesn't necessarily need a talker. Mm -hmm. Brian Cage doesn't. Um, Hobbs does. So maybe mm -hmm. he just, like, man, just Hobbs and hooks kind of the guy, you know what I mean, that's the – you know, the, the bag man, right? He's the guy going around doing all the dirty work, setting up for Hobbs. So maybe I, I would uh, – that would be fine, but I don't know if we'll get that, if this is where any of this is going. They're kind of slow playing it, which seems to be the MO for Team Taz, right? Really slow playing stuff. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. They are about as slow as a – as a old person walking to the to the buffet, they just, they're the uh, mall walkers of AEW. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Team Taz is the mall walkers. Where do you think this ultimately leads, though? Because one aspect of Team Taz that we can still get into is the FTW Championship. I know it's been defended a couple of times, but it's never been the so. Yeah, you know, I, I think this is best told if if Cage tries to break away, Team Taz loses their shit about it. They they keep trying to put up Ricky Starks, like as the guy to get back to FTW. He's kind of like, "Fuck, man, Cage is a man." Like, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, no, no, I got it right." But he's like low key scared, mm -hmm. and and that story could be great. And and you know, every time Cage finally does get his hand on Ricky Starks, he starts to just demoralize him. But then there's Hobbs, and then there's Hooks, and you know, I mean, this could be great uh, in that regard. I think that would be great if Ricky Starks is trying to get the FTW back for Taz, right? To to Honor the name of Taz and can't, right? Just can't pull it off because it's Brian Cage. He's the machine. Yeah, I I even think you could – maybe that's how we get rid of Ricky Starks where Brian Cage says, hey, I'm not in this. I'm the fuck the world champion, so fuck this world. I'm taking my belt and going. And Team yeah. Taz does the whole like, no, no, that's our belt. And Ricky Starks – 
to your point, Taz could go to him and say like, go get her belt. And he's like, I'm too pretty for that fucking belt. See ya. And now team Taz or Taz, cause there's no more team really has to say like, will Hobbs, it's time for you powerhouse. to be a powerhouse mm-hmm. and go after. And then we get just big meat, big men slapping meat, just right there. Just slapping all the meat. Mm. Who doesn't love big men mm. slapping meat? Yeah. Uh, and I'm for that. Chests. Yeah. Yeah. An, F- an FTW championship match between powerhouse Hobbs and Brian cage in a no holds barred street fight. Oh, sign me up. Damn it. Yeah. I hate sometimes when I write things in my head or like, Dream book it, and then I'm like, but we haven't even got it there. Back to reality. QT Marshall was out, and he's frustrated, and he's mad. This was the weirdest segment in AEW, right? Yes, and the weirdest part about it was still Cody's neck tattoo, but it was a weird segment still, even even when you tried to glance over that. They kept it away from the camera for most of it. But uh, So, all right. So my son comes down, he's he's making some food or something while I'm watching this. And so he sits down like while his food's making and I was like, This guy sucks. It was QT Marshall. And he was just saying he was like, Everybody thinks about it because I'm Cody's friend. And I was like, Yeah, that's literally why he is out here. <laughs> and then he, so my son was just kind of watching. And Cody comes out and all that. And I was just like, This is terrible. This is bad. This is exactly I know they're trying to make it a story that it's Cody's friend and he gets this opportunity. So they're like trying to hammer it, but it just reeks of this is Cody's friend. He's getting this story and he's not good. So I don't know. I, I really don't know what they think is going to happen out of this, but I don't foresee in the slightest a swell of support. Like this is not going to be QT mania. So I, fuck, dude. I don't know. This is bad. <laughs> Cody Rhodes ain't going to look any better coming out of this. QT Marshall sure as fuck ain't. And neither is AEW at large. So, I don't know. What I thought about specifically with this segment was they went to the well too many times, or they have gone to the well too many times, of Cody takes off the headset and walks out during the show. Yeah. You've done that too many times. Once in a month. The short, yeah. In the short history of Dynamite, I feel like he's done that six times. And Easy. so, it, it's losing its luster to see cody taking off the headset because this is such a serious situation i also do not understand what the fuck cody was saying i get honestly what qt marshall was saying where he's like I, i'm tired of this i'm tired of always working while he gets all the yeah the, that makes uh, sense yeah all the limelight yeah, he flipped the, it yeah i'm cody's friend and yeah. that's all i am right and so from that aspect of this story 100 percent get it but Cody made no fucking sense where he's like, it's going to be an exhibition. So if I get the figure four, I'm not going to cinch it in. I'm going to let it go. And if I get the my finisher, I'm not going to hit it. I'm going to let it go. It's going to be an exhibition. Arn Anderson's going to be the referee. And then like shakes his hand. Are you trying to be a like a, a delusional heel? Because one, Kenny Omega's already doing that. And two... The guy just said he fucking doesn't like you. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Who would say yeah, that? Yeah, kind of low-key said some shit about your wife. Yeah. Tim, if we did this podcast and you started saying, like, I don't like how Tom shows up 
45 minutes late to this. And I don't like how Tom, you know, and all this. And I go, Tim, Hey, let's do a special podcast episode. You know what? And if, if, if you get loud, I'll just let you go, bud. Like no one would fucking do that. Yeah. And no one would say like, Hey, you want a match? Okay. I'll let you, I'll let you get in all the shots you want, but know that I won't really be doing that to you, bud. Hand, handshake. And it's like, the hell is that? That was the weirdest segment. It was weird and it didn't help. Right, it, it didn't help this already ugh, hapless storyline that needed some help. So, oh, and let's talk about the biggest flaw from the whole segment is we spent the first six months, I feel like, establishing QT Marshall as he might be leaving the Nightmare Family because he has the bunny as the girlfriend, and he does this fucking promo, and the first thing he says is, "My wife in the crowd." Who I've known since I was eight. Yeah. yeah. And I get it, right? We're doing stories here. So sometimes, like when Roman Reigns legit had uh, leukemia, he's like, my name isn't Roman Reigns, I'm Joe. And we're like, yes. But you can't be doing it when it's just QT versus Cody. You know what I mean? Like, you broke the fourth wall and it did nothing except for make yourself yeah. look stupid. It's bad. Anyhow, let's get back let's into the action. <laughs> we had the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. And so, quick recap of who all these people are before we get into what happened. You have the AW Tag Team Champion, the Young Bucks. You have the AAA Tag Team Champion, Lucha Bros. You have the just former Intercontinental Champion for AAA, Laredo Kid. And then you got Brandon Cutler. So who'd you think was going to lose this fucking match? Hmm? And look, QT Marshall, we said all our piece about him, right? Cody's friend. Brandon Cutler, my guy, this fucking gimmick is not it. You're looking like a four-year-old that found a dinosaur head walking out to the ring. The, and then you just paint this weird shit on your head. Go ahead, Tim. I don't know. I don't know. Where has Brandon Cutler wrestled that this was a thing and that people liked that made him think, like, I need to bring this to the main stage of AEW when I'm an also-ran side story to the Young Bucks who don't dress like this, who don't. It, it's just weird. Like, I, pro wrestlers, we've met a few. They can be up their own ass a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, they think people know me as this – I'm going to come out as this at all times. It's like, you don't need spandex for your grocery store meet and greet. <laughs> Nobody know. Like we, 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 like we can put two and two together. Like I just, yeah, I don't, it's this same kind of thing. Like I think Brandon Cutler has wrestled as this everywhere. And so now I'm here, but change the gimmick. I don't have any other fucking ideas. So I'm going to run out with this. And it's what it feels like. Well, it, it, and it also just, it, it, it's so weird because he's not a bad wrestler in this match. I thought he looked he the best, fine. not, not the best, but he was the most impressive because of who he's in the ring with. And I thought maybe he wasn't going to be able to keep up and he totally did. So as a wrestler, I'm not opposed to Brandon Cutler, but when the young bucks do their stupid thing of this, which some people love, right? Some people love it. And that's, there is a segment of the audience that's listening and also watching AEW, who probably do this in 
photos with their friends, and that's fine. You should be watching the YouTube if you're only listening to the audio yeah. podcast. You don't see our sweet young buck moves. So, so when the young bucks are doing their weird, the weird flex, and you're wearing a dinosaur head as their friend. One of these things is not like the other. Especially when we have a super cool trio that comes out with one guy in a dinosaur mask. And you ain't it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you ain't it. So, yeah, while you, while your friends are there doing their old man backstretch. And, you know what I mean? You come out in this. It just, you don't, I thing. don't know. The gimmick. Again, I'm not saying anything about Brandon Cutler, the wrestler. I actually enjoy watching Brandon Cutler matches as soon as the bell rings. And I do not want to see him after the bell rings to indicate the match is over. Everything in between there, it's great. Everything after it, fucking get the fuck out of here. Anyhow, after this match was where I thought we had some real fun. So Kenny Omega comes out and he attacks Laredo Kid and he's walking around. He's like, I'm having flashbacks to Fighter Fest. I know this guy, Laredo Kid, because that was the last time we saw him. And he's kicking him and he's kicking him. And he looks to the Young Bucks and he says, hey, I had the chance to go anywhere. I even had the chance to go to New York. And I chose here, but I didn't choose AEW. I chose you and you chose, and this is where I was kind of with him, Brandon Cutler. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's when you start to say like, man, this has some little kernels of truth here, right? Where Kenny Omega is picking the Young Bucks and the Young Bucks are like, yeah, yeah, cool. Thanks that you're here. We're going to get our other friends involved. And da, da, da. And Kenny Omega's like, no, no, no I thought it was going to be the three of us. Now where Kenny Omega starts to do the evil left turn is he's delusional, right? He's doing the, you should be understanding what I'm fucking doing here. Why I have to be the champ. You know, uh, Don makes some, some bad points from time to time, but for the most part, he's fucking telling the truth. And then you're like, okay, now he's he's off his rocker, right? Right. I thought this was fantastic. I thought the segment was great. It ends with uh, the Young Bucks not putting up the, the little hand gesture, leaving the ring. We forgot. And Kenny Omega was kicking Laredo Kid, so that pisses off the Lucha Bros. So go fuck yourself, Kenny Omega. You're going to get get these hands. And then the Good Brothers come out. And then you got Kenny Omega, like, it's fine, bleeding from the mouth, like, doing that. I thought Kenny Omega, this is one of those, like, yeah, this is why he's the top guy. He can give you that match at the start of the show, and then he can give you a promo like this whenever whenever you need. So, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. Um, again, the, the whole switch up where, oh, wait, is Kenny Omega the good guy here? Yeah. It was awesome. I like that. That was a nice touch where he's like, you picked Brandon Cutler, which I just thought, yeah, that was a dumb move, guys. It was dumb. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I now, agree. I, I liked all of that. Yeah. Now what the Young Bucks will probably say in their defense is like, no, 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 we chose you and Brandon Cutler. Like, we can be more than just your friend, and that's again where we go back to like, Not okay, me, well, us. Or yeah. Whatever, you know. Yeah. Like Kenny Omega's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, he's he's a psycho. Uh, after this, we went into a Jade Cargill promo where she talks about Red Velvet and her on a collision course. They're both uh, undefeated in singles competition, although Jade Cargill did pin Red Velvet in the tag team match uh, a few weeks back on Dynamite. I like this. Again, yeah. more women that I'm not familiar with. It's not um, 
Tom always likes more women. I do. I like I'm... more women. My my wife isn't getting to this part of the podcast, so I know. Right. Yeah, she ain't gonna listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> don't like this. No, yeah. uh, uh, kidding. I love you. Married. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I'm saying here though is, <clears throat> I like that <throat> is, I like that it's new talent being featured together. It's not, hey, we found Tori Wilson walking around backstage. Tori Wilson, how do you feel about going up against Red Velvet? Like, fuck out of here. I don't want to see that. Right. So new talent going up against each other to establish both of who they are and then moving forward in the future. Big fan. Yeah. Now, after that, we get Nyla Rose taking on Tay Conti. Tay Conti gets the upset victory. What did you think of this whole segment match? Surprised. Yeah, surprised. Now, I mean, it it's not necessarily shocking because you're right. It, we pushed Nyla Rose a couple times. Doesn't necessarily seem to be getting over as much as it did that first go around. So mm-hmm. uh, why keep spinning that wheel uh, for no reason? And yeah, Tay Conti, let's give that a shot. And I feel like Tay Conti's matches are getting really good. Now, I'm not a pro wrestling uh, savant. I'm not going to tell you like, oh, her her side headlocks are so much tighter now. I ain't so, I'm not saying, I don't know any of that shit. I, I watch it for stories. I don't give real shit about the moves. Just tell me a good story with the match. With that being said, though, uh, I like wrestling not only for the moves, but also in between the moves and right. before the moves and yes, after the moves. exactly. And, right. But what I will say with Tay Conti is it feels like her matches are telling better stories. I, I feel like specifically 2021, her uh, progression as a pro wrestler is just off the charts. I would honestly say up until this point, and I know we're still early on in the year, but maybe most improved pro wrestler on television. I, I can't think of anyone who at first I was like, okay, and now I think of her as I wouldn't mind watching her matches. I wouldn't mind seeing her more on my television. I like the Dark Order is like adopting her now that Anna Jay's out with her mm-hmm. injury. Like, ah, now this is our girl until Anna Jay gets back. That's nice. Uh, and we'll see. Now she's the number one contender. Where does she fall? Because we got Britt Baker. We got uh, Sheeta. We still have Thunder Rosa, I guess, kind of hovering around both in NWA and AEW. So it'll be interesting to see where she goes. Oh, so sorry. Got a little off track. I did miss the money segment of AEW each and every week. Backstage promo. It's Eddie Kingston oh, and John yeah. Moxley just saying, good yeah. brothers, you're going to get these fucking hands when we get healthy. Yeah. I like how Moxley was incredulous. He's like, you really think like you you want to do this with us? Like you think you're going to be more brutal than us? You think you're going to like. This is this is your decision. Yeah, all right, you know. Um, and I like how he kept like tapping on Kingston's leg, and he's like, "God, you fly. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it's, it's really hurt. Okay, we all know it's hurt. Yeah, so fun. I yeah, those two. Oh man, I know we want these guys to both be like top guys, running every major storyline, but like the two of them together is just just feels like I, I would watch a regular hour-long drama with these guys every week. So, Tony Khan, I know you're watching. Thank you so much for the support. I uh, got a show idea for you. Hi, Tony. Just have, and I'm not joking here, just have John Moxley and Eddie Kingston describe 
every storyline in AEW, have them cut the promos for everyone. And then with the time remaining, just give them a story, like give them a TV show. Let's say it's Game of Thrones and just have them tell us what Game of Thrones is like. Because I guarantee you every show that's a promo from them is going to be more entertaining than the actual show that I would be watching. I'll take this a step further, Tony. And thanks again for watching. Um, Thank you so much, Tony. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, we will graciously host that on our YouTube channel. We'll talk price. Don't worry. Uh, we'll talk what you can pay us. Um, but we'll cut you a sweet deal and you can air it right here on the Spanish announce table, YouTube channel, Spanish announce tube, youtube.com slash Spanish announce tube. That's something we're willing to do for you, Tony. Mr. Khan. Mm -hmm. Tony, if we're friends, though. Hopefully Tony, we're if we're friends. And I, I would think we're friends at this point. In all seriousness, no. How, like, can, what could they not sell us? I, I seriously think John Moxley and Eddie Kingston can sell ice to an Eskimo. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just, they are so good at being the most believable guys in pro wrestling when that promo made me go like, I want Eddie Kingston healthy in a week. So you know? condoms to Rosie O'Donnell, you know? <laughs> they, they could just, yeah. Hey, so then next week we're getting Arcade Anarchy. Tell me what you oh, think yeah. about Yay. Arcade Anarchy. It's going to be Miro, Kip Sabian, Orange Cassidy, uh, Chuck Taylor. Give me your thoughts. My thoughts are... We're going to see them throw them into arcade games. And it'll be cool the first time they do it. And then they're going to do it 70 times in the match. And we may get a cool spot where he does something. You know, he makes fun of some video game themed beatdown. But I, I feel like it's going to come up short than what they're selling it as. I agree to a certain extent. I, what, I, what I will say is I'm not looking forward to it. This is not stadium stampede this isn't the mimosa mayhem any of those things however with their history of the mimosa mayhem stadium stampede uh the street fight that they did with uh the best friends and santana and ortiz i at least think that whatever they have planned here which i believe will be the blow off will be fun. I don't think it's going to be great. I don't think, like you say sometimes, it's not going to be something we're going to say, remember the arcade anarchy? No. But what I think we'll say is probably next week on the podcast, hey, you know how they did the Street Fighter you know, spot? Or you know how they did the Mortal Kombat spot? Whatever it is. We'll say, like, that was fun, and we'll move on. And then maybe when we're doing our recap at the end of the year, we're like, that was cool. Hey, they should do that maybe with one other person. That's what I feel like we're going to get from this. Could be a good thing for if one of them, like let's say Kip Sabian, stuck with like, I'm a gamer, and that became his thing, and it became kind of a signature match. Yeah, okay. And maybe there's more twist to it that we're not thinking of. I mean, we're not True. video game dudes. so and, and that is a great idea. You know, I feel that the inner circle, especially now that they have the pinnacle to go up against, we're going to see another stadium stampede match. And that may be their signature match, right? If you fight the inner circle, you're going to fight him in a stadium stampede match. If to your point, Kip Sabian runs with being the video game guy. Well, the ultimate way to beat Kip Sabian is beat him in an arcade anarchy. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. 
After this segment, we had another segment of a backstage promo. This is from Scorpio Sky. Thought the promo itself was fine. He's, you know, I'm the face of the revolution. Yeah, tired being nice. Yeah, I just feel like you had him have that moment, and then you just go, hey, let's go back to neutral. Yeah, because now he would have to do something more impactful than that if I'm following the logic of what you think, you know, is going to elicit a response here. Anything short of winning a seven-man, six-man ladder match for Mm -hmm. a guaranteed spot is less than what he did before and is less impressive. Mm -hmm. So now you've got to have him do something bigger than that, and I don't foresee the TV time for them to do that for Scorpio Sky. So I just felt like you didn't think through the ladder match enough. Right is how I feel about it. And now he's like, hey, I still got to stay relevant. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was as if they thought on the night of the pay-per-view, this is going to be an awesome moment for Scorpio mm-hmm. Sky. And it is. But with great stories comes the second part. And we didn't think about the second part, you know. So we got to the part where now does he become this new guy that we think he is? And they went, oh, yeah. Oh, Scorpio Sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did Yeah, win. forgot about that. Yeah. The brass, the brass ring guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't really want to give him that yet yeah. because we got some things with Darby mm. and he's not going to beat Kenny yeah. Omega. I know we had you grab a literal brass ring mm. as opposed to a metaphorical brass ring, but that's because we didn't want to actually get you the metaphorical brass ring. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sorry. Right. <laughs> hey, we got another uh, interview segment for you yeah. next week. That? Yeah. Right? You want to yeah. talk some more? Yeah. yeah talk right. some more. Yeah. Hey, we signed Mark Henry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get into it. We got the TNT Championship match. It was the main event. Champion Darby Allen taking on Guns and Poses, John Silver with the Dark Order. Match starts off, and instantly it feels like we get Sting walking out there saying Dark Order, even though I guess your baby face i'm gonna make sure you stay in line uh, another key interesting thing that, that i don't think they harped on too much i think it was subtle was in the backstage prior when they're hyping up johnny hungy to to go take on his match uh as everybody leaves after they did the trust falls where they didn't catch one guy Five. um <laughs> yeah um they uh adam yeah adam page is like he's like hey man he was like i know you're probably nervous and he was like yeah He's like, you know, all right. And he was like, and he's like, well, anyway, he's like, you know, these guys will be proud of you either way. Like, Johnny Hungy never seemed like he was doubting himself at all, but yet Adam Page, the ever downer, was kind of like, hey, man, it'll be all right if you if you fail. I wonder if some of that's going to come into play at some point. Like, is he too negative for the Dark Order? Are they going to eventually, like, also be like, this guy's kind of, yeah. I thought he was cool, but he's kind of yeah. a downer. Um, yeah. I thought that was subtle. That was there for a reason, right? And and uh, but they didn't. It wasn't a major focus, but it was it was noticeable. Of like, like Adam Page already assumes he's going to lose, or maybe the reason he's not going to join Dark Order is he just assumes these guys are losers. Mm-hmm. That right. that again goes like, back to those. He, are, he already thought they were going to lose, but he wanted to let them know, like, you're a good guy, man. These guys are still going to like you, and he's kind of yeah. like. Yeah, I want to go fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, it uh-huh. didn't even register with him. Like, what the fuck do you mean? He was just kind of like, yeah. He's like, yeah, well, I'm going to go fuck it already. Right? Like, yeah. It was interesting. That, that is a very mm-hmm. interesting point because we could, you know, snowball that into, hey, you fucking losers. You want to know why I'm not joining you? 
Go look at that TNT Championship match that that loser had. Go look at the tag team match that those two losers had. You th and then maybe we get a heel turn out of Adam Page where he's like, you thought the guy that rides the fucking horse? I ride a motherfucking horse. The guy that drinks beer was going to join these losers? And then, oh, then that's the heartbreak. Oh, then we get the true heartbreak. Oh, we can't have that. We can't have that. Although we could have that. Oh. Okay, here we go. Tom's firing. You have Hangman just, you know, he's winning matches, right? He's he's almost becoming the number one contender by just volume of matches he's winning. You know, he can only win so much until we're like, all right, he has to get the championship shot, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say we keep rolling that with that, with the Dark Order and him, and he does the whole, hey, Colt Cabana, I know you're going to be facing um, uh, Eddie Kingston. If you lose, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Like, you're okay. And then he right. loses, right? But all the while, Hangman Adam Page is using the Dark Order to then finally get the championship match against Kenny Omega. He uses the Dark Order to win the championship from Kenny Omega. Then we think... Oh, this is going to be the culmination of when Hangman finally takes over the Dark Order. And he's like, no, I was going to join you guys? Yeah. Absolutely not. He's like, no, I appreciate everything you've done, but this is where the cowboy rides away, right? He gets on yeah. his horse and he rides the fuck off. Leave them in yeah. there going, what? Mm -hmm. And love it. Yes. And then you go, good. and then you can go with Dark Hangman, you know, Black Knight just comes in there to kick your ass. I don't need anyone. I'm a loner. Not Stone Cold, but flirting with Stone Cold kind of character. Whiskey Cowboy. Yeah, Whiskey Cowboy. I like that. So let's get back into this match. Darby mm. Allen, John Silver. Thought it was really good. Uh, Sting. Okay, what are we doing? Yeah, I don't. What, are you Darby Allen's protector now? Like the guy who jumps off fucking buildings and shit and he needs you to watch over him while fucking. A four foot seven guy fights like I get, you know, but mm -hmm. this is what we're doing now. I really thought, honestly, with him lurking for as long as he did. Right. I thought we were going to get the heel turn from Sting. I know, but of course not. We'll never get that ever. It'd be great. We should clip that. And when he does go heel, we should play it. But yeah, uh, yeah what do we do with Sting and Darby Allen? Because, again, we have. Lance Archer lurking in the background, and you would think Sting is maybe worried about his surroundings with the murder hawk monster coming after him, but nope, he's still gonna big brother or you know, father uh Darby Allen, and it just feels like we did this. You can you can move on. You can here we go, you know. We Team Taz isn't here anymore. They already have their own problems. Sting so can do anything else. Anything yeah. else, anything else. Oh, what if Darby Allen says that? Yeah. Uh, you know? Sting, you can go do anything else in AEW, though. The whole world is your oyster. Anything else than fucking hang around me anymore. It's weird, Gramps. Yeah, I would much prefer to see Darby Allen dig in and go heel. Give me some meat to the Darby Allen character. We've seen enough from Sting. Like, anything he does, he's a Hall of Famer, world class on some people's Mount Rushmore. Like, he's, he's going to do nothing here in AEW that makes me be like, and then Sting became the greatest of all time, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's done. So have him help build somebody else. A Darby Allen heel turn? I, I'd be much more into that than a – I'll be a Sting one would be 
all time. It would be all time. Maybe it's a bad idea. But it, normally with insert veteran here, mm-hmm. you would think. So, you know, I could buy into a Sting one. But, you know, a Darby Allen one would be just as badass. Yeah, you have some you have some things you can you can play around with cuz you could do the hasting. Hey I know I'm taking on Carl Anderson and the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega are going to be out there, but I'm fine. And then he pushes Sting and he's like, "You fucking asshole, leave me alone." Or you could keep going with Sting saying like, "You need my help. I'm going to fucking help you." Fine, if I'm not going to help you, I'm going to take you out. And then that's where we get the match of Sting versus Darby. Yeah, I sometimes think that's where the help yeah. someone needs is tough love. Mm-hmm. And then baseball bat to the nutsack. Which Darby Allen's like, more! But anyhow. <laughs> Darby Allen was very reckless during this match. Just no regard for his body. I just... He sold for John Silver. So incredible. Some of the moves felt like are you wanting to hurt yourself? Like, are you, do you even need John Silver in here? Like, do you yeah. just want to jump off the building? Give him a what the fuck stick. are you doing, pal? Yeah. Uh, Darby Allen gets the victory though. And post-match Matt Hardy and his group of, I don't know, collage wrestlers come out and they're just beating the shit out of everyone. Chaos ends the night with Darby Allen fighting, uh, Darby Allen fighting, um matt hardy matt hardy's crew fighting the dark order sting fighting just anyone i like when they do that that's sometimes yeah, fun sure. just some chaos yeah uh so overall what'd you think of AEW dynamite it was fine i mean i don't think this was the best episode ever or anything like that but i mean there were some storyline nuggets uh you know new directions you know so i i, I was i thought it was a good a show i will give AEW credit for this as much as i will get nervous about oh god we have christian and we have big show and we have sting okay now we have miro like you know and we have miro we just saw that andrade got released is fucking andrade coming here this episode to their credit is john silver darby allen tay conti um brit baker promo brit baker is you know i know she's a someone but she's an aw person for for the most part um you even had nyla rose uh laredo kid like you didn't have this just it's old timers isn't this tna so credit to AEW for putting two of their homegrown talents because we obviously know they've wrestled other places but their homegrown talents in the main event and we're not just doing hey don't you want christian and big show up against each other that's our main event like credit to them for at least right. doing the new talent push which is always something i'm in favor of so all right then aw uh we like that but let's move into the wwe side of things and there's a lot to dig into but i don't think we like a lot of it and we're just gonna kind of go through the highlights. Now we had the appendix of WWE pay-per-views. We had Fastlane, and yeah, it was before we I, we don't, we're not going to break down Fastlane in the card because we're going to cover some of these topics as we just covered WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Fastlane as one. But what were your thoughts on Fastlane before I mm-hmm. dig into any individual topic of it? Uh, it wasn't 
uh, an event that Good. lived up to its name, though. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't fast. Yeah, it's true. That Slow crawled lane. by. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, well, and one of the first things happened there is a retribution breakup. What? Yeah. Also, it was the debut. If if now I know we still have. Um, no, I think this was the last event on WWE Network. Mm-hmm. So for many of the WWE subscribers, this was their first experience on Peacock. Yeah, and it sucked. Mm, yeah, I try. I I said my worry was we're not going to have like a start from beginning, pause, rewind, and we don't. And I don't know. If I'm going to buy it. I don't. Tim. Fun fact remember- for anybody listening slash watching before Tom gets into this. Mm-hmm. If you don't need start from beginning, pause and rewind, and back up, you can get that without paying for a Peacock subscription. In fact, you might be able to start from beginning. Without- <laughs> anyway, so you were saying, Tom. I feel like I need to, before we get into Fastlane and the rest of WWE, I feel like I need to um, uh, do an editorial here about my comments from the previous week on how Peacock isn't bad. There's so much to do. Now there is, it's still impressive for the dollar amount, the amount of content you can get on this streaming service, Saturday night live, all of their past shows like the office and parks and rec. And then you get the WWE network. Here's where it is not fun. One, the number one thing, like you said, pause, Fast forward, rewind, can't do it, so that sucks. Two, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but if you watch any of their specials, they have built-in ad breaks, even if you get the non-ad subscription. So they fade to black and fade back when you're watching Stone Cold interview Randy Orton, even though you're not wanting that ad. You don't see an ad. But you shouldn't also see a fade to black and then fade back to content. That sucks. And then third, and this is a kick right in the dick. Now, NBC says, hey, some of your content isn't necessarily what we're looking for. So we're going to make some edits to some past events that happened on your television. So this match isn't going to get shown and ECW is going to get tweaked. And it's like, okay, this sucks. I don't want to watch NBC's version of ECW. That is not in my wheelhouse. I'm not interested in that. And so I think I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. I just, there's no reason for me to pay for this service now. I think I'm done, man. If you're not going to give me. And what they did on the network, when you would watch an ECW that would have some grotesque violence or whatever it was, they would give you a disclaimer. This is rated, you know, MA for violence, sexual content or content, yada, yada, yada. Right. But what you can't do, in my opinion, is this like whitewashing of like, no, ECW, that was that sci-fi show. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And Vince McMahon did a segment where he said the N-word, not on Peacock. It's like he did. It was bad. You can give a, me a disclaimer, but stop trying to rewrite history, you know? 
I, I'm not for yeah, that. I'd rather, like a, even if you just censored the word, like I'd rather you do that mm-hmm. to where yeah. like I know we, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I just feel like this is, uh, have you ever seen the movie Thank You for Smoking? No, I haven't, but I know what it is, yeah. So, spoiler alert, at the very end, uh, what they try to do to encourage people not to smoke is they go through past movies and TV shows, and anyone who was smoking, they just edit that out, right? So, like, uh, Dean Martin doesn't have a cigarette in his hand. It's it's like a piece of gum or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like... If NBC is going to have their say in what WWE is, we're going to get the thank you for smoking type of content where it's like, oh, but no, they didn't. That table wasn't on fire. No one got put through a table that was on fire. Edge did not spear Mick Foley at WrestleMania uh, through a table that was on fire. It was just a clean one, two, three pin. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, again, we can access anything elsewhere i yeah that's the other thing we i can see it of how it really happened so i want to see it how it really happened and if you're not going to give it to me i'm going to go get it how i can yeah it <sighs> yeah that's interesting like i know again i understand the things like when they're like hey we're not going to put pepe Le Pew in this movie because his whole basis of his character was this and if we're rerunning a new you know, a WWE Attitude Era, you know, rerun movie, we're not going to put in, you know what I mean, puppies, right, this go round, right? We're going to, you know, we're going to pull up lame and do something different. But not the, we're just going to cut this match out or we're just going to, you know what I mean, like just cut this part out because then, like, then you're just removing. History. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's. It's interesting. Like, yeah, put up disclaimers. Put up a a thing at the end, a educational thing about why this may be harmful if you want. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, you know, but I don't know. Or you can set parental controls. If you don't want an eight-year-old to see, again, I love ECW, so I'm always going to use that as my example. But if you don't want an eight-year-old to see the Dudley boys put Balls Mahoney through a table that's on fire, you can set that parameter. But it's like what Mark Twain said about censorship. You don't stop me from eating a steak because a baby can't chew it like i can fucking eat the steak let yeah. me eat the goddamn steak yeah Don't again fucking censorship yeah and different situation like so when this conversation turns to statues and things like that where it's public tax funding money like you go okay yeah we'll remove those things because you know i mean that but like this is these are all people seeking out this content and paying for it now like you're saying if you think they may not understand what they're paying for and seeking out then some warnings and some and some whatever right like i think there's a line to be drawn somewhere mm-hmm. in this idea of something was not how we do it now you know some things need to be eliminated and some kind of need to be amended and some need to be warned about right i just feel like this is not something that needs to be eliminated or amended right more of a warning because you have every ample opportunity to understand what you're accessing seeking out Mm-hmm. pause beforehand hell even if you did that pause 
here comes a potential, you know what I mean? An outdated moment, something, you know what I mean? Like, well, and, and to your point about Pepe Le Pew and, and uh, Space Jam 2, that's something moving forward, r- right. forward, right? We have sensibilities that change. Right. So I'm not saying that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not a new version of the Attitude Era. We're just right. rehunting around the same yeah. stuff. Right. So I am, in, I am in no way saying, hey, let's get Val Venus's dick chopped off here in WrestleMania in three weeks. What I am saying, though, is if I'm watching that, that episode of Monday Night Raw, and Val Venus gets his dick chopped off, like play the fucking segment that they showed. Like it's yeah, otherwise okay. the whole show is done. That yeah, was like the, the main part of that show. Right. right? So, so then gonna, like, yeah. what the fuck are we doing? So yeah. anyhow, uh, Peacock sucks. Yeah. But back to this retribution. <laughs> is this done or is this a sidebar? And, you know, they slammed him. They said, shut the fuck up. Stop yelling at us. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not know. too concerned. I yeah, don't. because it has no stakes, right? There's no consequences. If 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 Mustafa Ali gets choke slammed, and the two guys say we're out of here, okay. Yeah, we'll probably never see them guys again. Or if we do, what what's what's Mustafa Ali going to do against two of those big guys, right? Yeah, right. In kayfabe. Yeah. So it, it, there's no consequences to the action, and. I know we'll we'll talk about subjects here, but one thing that I, w- I wanted to talk about real quick before we get into those subjects is WWE, especially going into um, WrestleMania, feels like regular season baseball. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you might get some good games during the regular season of a major league baseball game, right? You might see the blue Jays play the Yankees and it goes 13 innings and you wins on a grand slam walk off home run, but there's no consequences to that, right? The games keep going and we keep churning forward. And that's what WWE feels like where nothing is being pushed to the forefront. Nothing is must see TV. So much like a major league baseball game, I can miss a week of this and come back and I didn't miss anything. Yeah. And that's what you guys feel like right now, WWE. You're doing a lot of stuff where retribution broke up, which means nothing. Yeah. When people talk about the Attitude Era and and what one of the major draws of the Attitude Era was not like, I got to see what zany thing they're going to do next. It's that you had to see what was going to happen in the storyline next. Now, often it was zany and over the top, but it was, it was can't miss programming. If you missed it, somebody was going to be like, holy crap they said this and that and then plot twist and then this and then that and they're like what that changes everything you go i know they don't do that anymore not even fucking close like you said here's something you can do you can do this and i know somebody who used to do this when i participated in another podcast they didn't watch any single raw smackdown nothing they only watched the pay-per-views and you knew all the story because they tell you all of the story in a vignette because they can compress four weeks into a minute and a half vignette because they don't tell any story anymore yeah yeah and, and they don't even try to and I, I guess where i get even more upset especially now and i know Fastlane may be the exception in one regard to a storyline but for the most part uh there's no moments trying to be created by right. wwe where if you go back to what we were just talking about with AEW. 
that show was just a showcase of their talent, their homegrown talent, John Silver, Darby Allen, all of those kind of people, right? But they created a moment and, and some hoopla with the Britt Baker promo. I became hardcore in one night. It took Mick Foley 20 years. That's a viral moment, right? We had Twitter talking about it for a couple days. WWE just doesn't care about it. They just say, Matt Riddle, go wrestle again. And he wrestles a standard match well, he did last week. And let me give you an even better example. And this is probably the most intriguing part of fast lane and following and the thing people are talking about most out of it. And it's still slow played and not a real full story about anything of substance. And it's the fiend. Mm -hmm. So the fiend returns. He's burnt up. Randy Orton's scared. What do we do on Monday night? The very next night, we kind of run back that exact same scenario. The fiend is back. Randy Orton's scared. He gets attacked or whatever. Like, but the motherfucker doesn't say anything. There's no mission statement. Nothing changed in the storyline whatsoever from pay-per-view to, to Raw. Literally, the fiend is here and he's burnt. And the next night was, fiend is here and he's burnt. Okay, but what? What, what, what now? They just do it. It's too long. They've got mm -hmm. too many events in the way. They have a bare minimum idea. And it feels like you're saying like on purpose so that they don't have to dig deep, so that they mm -hmm. don't have to get caught in a situation that they have to write themselves out of. It just feels weird. Another another copy-paste situation, uh, kind of popcorning around here mm -hmm. in the world of WWE, Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman. Yeah. So on Fastlane, Shane McMahon hurts his knee. And so, Elias, you're going to be my replacement. Okay, Braun Strowman runs through him. Then the next night, hey, Elias, go wrestle Braun Strowman again. And it's the same fucking match, except for this time, we just get Braun Strowman to do that. The hey, fuck, man. Dude, this um, this Braun Strowman thing is fucking ridiculous. All of this. Uh, I, I think I ranted to you in a Facebook Messenger video I sent you about this, but what in the fuck is any of this, Okay. First of all, Shane McMahon has done nothing but come out and do schoolyard insults, right? So, so, so stupid, you're dumb, whatever, that nobody gives a shit about. Not even kids in 2021 would be like, that guy's mad or mean. Somebody should beat him up. Nobody fucking cares. Then he pours green slime on, slime on him. Green fucking slime? Who sat in a fucking writer's room? Pitch this idea. And managed to get other people on fucking board. Why was there buckets of green slime there to begin with? Where did he come up with with the even if it was Shane McMahon's idea? If we're if we're in the kayfabe world, I'm gonna humiliate him by putting slime on him. Who's humiliated by getting slime dumped on him? If you dump slime on me in a public place, most people are gonna not think I'm humiliated. They're gonna be like, "That guy's a fucking dick." You're humiliated. You know what I mean? Like. Again, or, it's this, yeah. it, it's fucking, I don't understand what it is. And then they added, and then they added choo-choo train sound effects to Braun Strowman running around the ring hitting people. What in the fucking schoolhouse rock are we fucking doing here? What is this? This is not Monday Night Raw. This is Saturday morning cartoons. The fuck are they doing? What uh, is this? Yeah. Who? In the fuck 
it has to be a McMahon or somebody because it's the only way that this gets through enough people where somebody's like, what in the fuck? Nobody must have the power to say what in the fuck. This has to be coming from McMahon is the only way I can envision that happens. How does this get through? I can't imagine rating spike. I can't imagine that this is like a YouTube fucking hit. I, if I'm wrong, I don't understand wrestling anymore. I don't what understand society. I honestly, yeah. I Choo-choo the, fucking train sound effects. Witty's fucking hitting. No, don't do that. What is this? I, oh. Yeah, why I would it be played? I don't even well, have good jokes for this. It's bad. Well, yeah, I I have no jokes for it because imagine if I they guess, put imagine if they did the diesel horn every time diesel fucking jackknife somebody. And that's what I'm getting at. Is so it would be one thing that I could say isn't good, but I can excuse if let's hypothetically say back a couple years ago that Bobby Lashley did that move, right? The the run around the ring, shoulder tackle everyone. Mm-hmm. He could do that move just like Braun Strowman. He's just as big, right? And during that time, you had Leo Rush have a fucking boombox or some type of speaker that, like, when Bobby Lashley was about to start his run, he's like, oh, shit. And he hits a button. Right. Remember when DJ Z had, yeah. like, a, you know, right. right? Like, great. And so, like, you could say this is a character hitting a noise for his friend or for his client or whatever it is, right? Yeah. But where you jump the fucking shark is that production. Yeah. The fourth wall being yep. broke that... Yeah. Because let me... Then, yeah. Go ahead. Because then we can just do... Matt Riddle has a a haze of smoke around yeah. him 24-7 or... So, so, here, so follow the logic. I, I Watching it, even if I'm in the kayfabe world, I know Braun Strowman doesn't magically conjure a train sound behind him. So I know somebody in the production booth is doing that. That means they're waiting to see Braun Strowman get a running start after somebody, and they go, oh, time to hit the noise. What if he misses? What if he pulls up short? Did you play that sound and we're wrong? You know what I mean? Like, do, do you misfire? Because you would mm-hmm. if this was really going on. So mm-hmm. I expect to see some misfires. I expect production thinks he's going to run, and he trips and falls, and Titus is himself under the fucking ring. And we got a choo-choo saying, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? God, who? Every company, including WWE, needs to employ a person where they run their ideas by him. And they go, did you guys fucking think of this? Like, yeah, this happened in Kansas City. We've got a coffee uh, group that has a airplane. For it's it's like logo right mm-hmm. was bombers or whatever whatever they called it right yep and on their building they decided they're gonna put an old school plane up on the building they did it on 9-11 and everybody was like hey what the fuck that wasn't a smart idea and this is when i thought of this too was like why isn't somebody in that office going like when they go hey we're gonna put this up and we're gonna put it up <laughs> like you know what i mean like more conversations need to be spelled out from yeah. start to finish from somebody who wasn't in the woods right because that's and that's uh, what I'm talking about. Because then, in the woods, you go, "Hey, hey, hey!" Braun Strowman has a has a train noise. So you know what? Apollo Cruz, he's Nigerian. 
let's give them jungle noises. Let's let's have it rustle some feathers or rustle some leaves or or let's make a some spear flies yeah, when he does. Yeah, oh. spears fly as he walks out. Like, let's make this a cartoon. And hey, when Roman Reigns does his ooh, let's have it like vibrate seven times and then like it's a it's an aftershock after he does it. Because now you've opened Pandora's box. If fucking Braun Strowman can have a fucking train noise, anyone can also have all this stuff. AJ Styles, when he does his phenomenal forearm, you can make a plane noise. As soon as he jumps off of that top rope, you can go, and then he hits the fucking elbow. It's the dumbest fucking move I can think of. Honest to God, Tim, we've been doing this seven years, seven years. Yeah, this is pretty bad. This is the absolute dumbest decision a pro wrestling organization has made. Yeah, this is worse than a reverse battle royal. This is worse. This is worse than Jeff Jarrett just being involved in anything. This is worse. This is worse than the call to send Jeff Hardy out drunk. Oh, way worse. This is the because because at least you could say like, hey, maybe he can tough it through, right? Jeff Hardy. He's a pro wrestler. Yeah. He's been doing this for 15 yeah. years. Maybe or, he hey, fuck, it. he made his own bed, sleep in it, you know? Yeah. Right. But with this, this was like a group decision. We're like, let's go with this. The worst decision in, in our history. Bar none. This is one, two, and three. A it's train worse than a gobbledygooker. All right. Um, here's oh, another easy. bad decision. Yeah. Rhea Ripley gets to fucking demand a title shot without ever having fucking wrestled on the main roster. For WrestleMania, and it's all because uh, we pissed off Charlotte because we let her fucking husband go or, or boyfriend. Well, she said she has COVID. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm sure that's what it is. Okay. I mean, yeah. who knows? Um, COVID's contagious, so maybe it was. It's true. Um, but if it's not, yeah, that's bullshit. Here's here's where- First of all, I Charlotte th- came out of nowhere and demanded the fucking match for herself without having done anything for it, and then fucking Rhea Ripley, and it's like- and for Asuka, who nobody's really fucking, like, she hadn't done anything either. Well, she's Fuck. a champ, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, right. sure. I, I think where it falls flat with me is it wouldn't be the worst thing where someone from NXT debuts and says, hey, champ, I'm fighting you. On a lesser degree, Kevin Owens did that to John Cena for his U.S. title. The difference was, though, Kevin Owens was the NXT champion. He had momentum, and he was fucking coming in hot. And you didn't even do anything. You had Peyton Royce come out and say, it's my fucking time. Give me the fucking thing. Stop playing games. God, me. And then she goes in and loses, and then you just have Rhea Ripley walk out and go, me? And we go, yep, of course. Why didn't Rhea Ripley come in and be like, it's my fucking time. I'm done. And somebody's like, fine, fine. Let's flip the script. Title shot tonight. Or you know what I mean? Like, or or non-title match, if you beat Asuka, you'll get the mania shot because we suddenly got to open, right? As though they're like, like you'll like that'll happen. And then she does it. You could have done any of those instead of just walk right out. Because again, if I'm following the logic and I'm in the kayfabe world, you can just ask for WrestleMania title shots. Yeah. On your first fucking I, day. Well, it, <laughs> you can just always ask for a title shot. So like next week, Lana should just point at the fucking sign and say like, me too. And Oscar's like, threat. okay. Yeah. And then Naomi would be like, hey, if my partner is getting a match, I want one too. That's and she points happen. at the sign. It's going to be a championship scramble. <laughs> oh, my God, it is. Oh. <laughs> but with that logic, 
Everything should be a championship scramble. Why the fuck is Daniel Bryan having to wrestle all these matches and, and go through all this stuff when apparently you can just point at shit and you get it? Jay Uso, to help out Roman Reigns, point at the fucking sign and you'll get in that match too. So, but in that same vein, Jay Uso demanded this match. Well, Jay Uso didn't even demand the match. He said, This match needs a special enforcer. I think that should be me. And then it was just like, oh, okay, that's going to happen. Then Edge is like, no, 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 we'll make it a match. And then the winner gets it. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys just fucking just got to decide that there's going to be a special enforcer in this match. And by the way, Jey Uso, you said this match needs a special enforcer. It would need a special enforcer because of you. So why did he get to be the guy that demands the special enforcer? The heel's the one doing the things that need to be enforced against. It should have been Edge being like, this needs a special enforcer, or whatever. You know, like, it just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense the way they do this shit. And then Daniel Bryan, like, at least that was a story, right? Like, he, at least he didn't come out and be like, I demand to be in the triple threat. I'm in it. But it still had these shades of, like, special enforcer is just a thing that we get to demand. It's just odd. I, you know, I don't know. I do like that that's a triple threat for that match. I mean, Yes. Know? I like Daniel Bryan recapturing Yeslemania as another legend comes back to thinking he's going to be king shit. And we go like, yeah, I think we want Daniel Bryan, right? Batista came out and at WrestleMania 30. It was like, Hey, you guys love me. And we're like, no, we like Daniel Bryan. Edge comes back and like, you guys love me. And we're like, you're okay. But Daniel Bryan, this might be his last one. Mm. We want Daniel Bryan. And then they're like, fuck. Okay, fine. I guess he's in it too. Fine, fuck. Um, I, I, yeah. I just don't. I just. Yeah. Well, then we got Miz and Bad Bunny. It's going to be a thing, which. I, yeah. uh, and again, kayfabe, it makes sense, right? The issue that Miz has in kayfabe is with Bad Bunny. Hey, fuck you. What are you doing in my world? Very much like Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. It has some merits, right? What are you doing to my company? I'm the egotistical asshole. I say who comes in and who goes, right? Now, let's break the, let's break kayfabe here and let's do a little bit of like looking at it as just, you know, objective fans here. Uh you're going to put a celebrity in a match when you could put him in a tag match, but you're just going to put him in a match by himself. Yeah. You could do it because Damian Priest is going to be ringside and John Morrison, John Morrison is going to be there. ringside. No, Why let's just we have... get the better match, yeah. Yeah. And, and like here's another thing. We I know it's an old man in charge of writing this shit and not even a child even though it's childlike shit coming out because Miz and John Morrison are going to release a video making fun of Bad Bunny, but the video is atrociously not funny. Which okay, heels aren't supposed to be funny, but like right. somebody who wrote this thinks that like if you had, let's say, Tom is an artist. Tom is a world-renowned platinum artist. And I'm going to make fun of him. And I make a goofy, dumb fucking video. Nobody laughs at Tom. Everybody laughs at me. Tom's not even offended because he's like, you made yourself a fucking dork, dork, and never thinks about me again. Somebody's fucking beyond out of touch. I think, I think we're... I agree with you. And heels can do that stuff. I think the part of storytelling with WWE that's missing is this. 
take for example the Shane McMahon and we could lump in Miz doing this stuff right the reaction to the music video and the reaction to stupid isn't rage it's not rage you would not be mad if someone is a fucking idiot to you you would just go like leave me alone i have better things to do it wouldn't be how dare you i am offended and i must fight for my family's honor it's what why would right. you huh so no one would fight over what you're doing that's the thing that i think we're missing is no one would fight shane over the dumb shit he's doing you would just file a restraining order and say you're a psycho and bad right. bunny would go i'm so sorry I'm my feelings are hurt and wipe away his fake crocodile tears with thousand dollar bills. (laughs) They're not mad in real life. You would not be mad about this, right? That's the worst part. It's a, it's offensive to us to think that Braun Strowman would be mad about that. Yeah. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's bad and I don't get it. I I really, it's, I just, I don't know how to – we watch because we got a podcast, right? I mean, like, we're going to keep mm-hmm. watching. But, like, it, if I wasn't, like, commentating on this, I, I don't know that I would keep watching it. I don't know why people still do. Like, what – are the they hope. playing to the absolute lowest denominator here? Like, Jesus. I, I think I think a little bit of it, to be honest with you, is the – We can, if we keep doing stuff at this level, when we do decide to do something at this level, it feels like this level because you've been getting shit down here for so long, right? So, like, if we do decide to make a fire promo that John Cena tells Roman Reigns the reason he has to come back is because Roman Reigns can't fill his shoes, oh, shit, that's a moment. So... We can't do that every week because then nothing will be special. So we have to just lower the bar and just say, dumb shit, dumb shit, dumb shit. And then when you finally get one good thing, then people think it's the greatest thing in the world. But to your point, and I know Justin Summers, I believe he wrote an email a few weeks back. He was like, why don't you guys just stop talking about WWE? One thing we can't do right now is we're going into WrestleMania. It is the biggest story in all of pro wrestling. WrestleMania is still the biggest story in WrestleMania, in all of wrestling. So we have to talk about it. But I'm not opposed. Like, yeah. AEW makes me happy. Roman Reigns as a character makes me happy in WWE. Matt Riddle is fun. Amos is fun to look at. Everything else is garbage in WWE. Eh, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else we got here. Oh, Corbin Zane on SmackDown. You caught the oh. vignette. See, this is where it's good. Like, right, we get right. the one good thing, and we're like, this is why we watch. So, anyhow, sorry, go ahead. So now we got this vignette where it's like the least anticipated match in history, right, in SmackDown history. The match, no one wanted the, what they call them, the, the irritating force meets the uh, I don't even remember, right? Like yeah. the, the annoying object or whatever. Uh, great, great stuff. But uh, that we caught this. I don't know if it was a TikTok or something of Sami Zayn going off about that. Now, I don't know if this was real and Sami Zayn caught wind of this. 
and was legit pissed off, or this is part of a, a more storyline, but whew, the promo that came out of Sami Zayn about how fucking dare they say that about me was intense. To the point where he even says, hey, camera guy, follow me. I'm going to go talk to Baron Corbin. And he kept in character. He's like, Baron, I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to fight you. And then it looks like then we get maybe back into shoot if this was a shoot promo where he's like, did you hear what they fucking said? And Baron Corbin was even like, I mean, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And like just left defeated, like just defeated. Like he just watched his dog get kicked in the face. And then Sami Zayn just, you know, had the anger of a thousand bitchy housewives and just yelling in the camera because of the disrespect he's getting. And he's not wrong. He is one of the best pro wrestlers in the world still to to this day. He's one of those shining moments of like his storyline sucks, but him doing the conspiracy theory, him doing the wrestling matches, him doing everything he can is fucking awesome. The other stuff around it is garbage, but he is great. So anyhow. Uh, last thing in the main roster, Seamus, I want to get your take, right? So we, you put on TikTok, follow us on TikTok at Spanish Downs table, uh, him and one of your top three wrestlers in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And I think he's doing amazing work, mm-hmm. but what do you do now? Right? So clearly he's not going to get a WWE title. Uh, they flirted a little bit with this Matt Riddle thing, but what, if it's T-Max story time, what are you doing for Seamus right now? I mean, this this would be one of the hardest ones because you put him in a corner of he's a loser, mm-hmm. right? He lo- he, like Because he's not losing by coming up short by doing run, one wrong move. You know, like going to AEW, FTR can still go off the fact that they lost to the Young Bucks, but the reason they lost to the Young Bucks was they got a little bit arrogant and they did one thing that was not in their, you know, bread and butter move set, right? Right. And you could paint that picture of like, well, if they're on their game, goddamn, they're they're going to beat the Young Bucks. With Sheamus over here in WWE, he's tapping out to Bobby Lashley. He's getting broke kicked in the face by Drew McIntyre. And it's not any type of storytelling of, oh, well, if Sheamus was just able to be as strong as Drew McIntyre or as crafty as Bobby Lashley, then he would be getting these victories. They're just saying, no, he fucking loses. Like, he just loses. So I don't really know what you would do with this one. I don't know. Because you can't do a tag team again, right? Where, like, he resets with a Cesaro because you did that with Cesaro. I don't know if moving him brands over to SmackDown would do anything because he was just going to lose to the Roman Reigns and Jey Usos of the world over there. I just feel like maybe... I don't know. It just feels like you've told every story with Sheamus... If this was the comics, you just end this comic. You know what yeah. I mean? You just, the story turns and we're done with that character. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, let's go to NXT. There's two interesting things I liked out of this. We're going to get, uh, I like how they pulled Shawn Michaels. He's like, all right, I see what we got here. We got two titles, two Cruiserweight titles. All he did is slide a ladder in. Well, you guys figure this out. Um, and Jordan Devlin is not, you know, my favorite dude, but he's not bad. And Santos Escobar is, again, I'm not all aboard the Santos Escobar train, although I think he's he's really good and has got some good future ahead of him. So these two have a chance to steal the show with this match. Yeah, I of the two, I like Santos Escobar more because I like the character stories that we can say with that. You know, mm-hmm. the king of the Lucha Libre. Again, I still think 
if I was in charge, his story arc, the, the pinnacle of his story is overcoming the ultimate boss of Rey Mysterio. Mm. I think that's just where, but I don't think they're ever going to do it. So I just yeah, well, stop. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but a, a ladder match and how they did it. I think that's great. That's a great use of a legend with him not being all about himself. Yeah. This is where we've talked about in the past where if you're going to have factions, you can keep the name, but create these like Godfather like characters where if we have a decision to make and we don't know what to do, if we're the NWO in 2021, Scott Hall can come in for a week and give us counsel. You know what I mean? Like, or Kevin Nash can yeah. give us counsel. This is where Jordan Devlin and Escobar are looking at each other and like, well, the fuck are we going to do about this situation? And a legend comes in and is like, I know how to handle this. Look at the ladder. Slide that ladder yeah. right there. That's a perfect use of a legend. So I thought that segment was awesome. Uh, and then the the Undisputed Era continues to break down. I thought throughout the show this was I, – I liked how it was done. I like how Roddy Strong comes up. He's like, hey, we got to go get this guy back. And he's like, there's, there's not an us anymore. This is, you know, thanks, but like – between him and he's like, you know, well then fuck you too. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. I'd like to see how Roddy gets involved in this. Um, and then the contract signing. I mean, the war of words. They had back and forth. And then just, oh yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this. But does Kyle O'Reilly just look like the backup singer for Avril Lavigne? What in the fuck is his look right now? He looked cool. Ooh. And now Friend of the show, Kyle looked- O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, great guy, friend of the show. Mm -hmm. He likes when we wear our luchador mask. loves that. (laughs) He's a big fan. Uh, But this look made me go like, should I like Adam Cole? Because Mm -hmm. the way you look makes me think you're in fucking uh, 2003 singing Skater Boy to yourself. I was a little bit, you know, uh, mixed up with. uh, There we go. There it is. There it is. I can't hear now. Oh, there it is. Hey. (laughs) In your headphones in the mask. See, uh, this is why you should be watching the YouTube. Of course. Yeah. Are you going to get, yeah, the audio version, you're not going to see the luchador, El Tim, mm-hmm. El, El Awesome Voiceo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, El Voiceo Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We really ought to learn some Spanish, you know? Well, no, because now we're doing the Sammy Guevara Spanish. Yeah. Remember where <laughs> Chris mm-hmm. Jericho's like, mm-hmm. how do you say, you know, uh, beat up in Spanish, El Bitapo. El Bitapo, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I like that. I like this. I love how you had it on hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just <laughs> sitting chilling over here. I saw it the other day and I was like, I might use this sometime. And here it is. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Here it is. Perfect perfect timing. I don't even yeah. want my face to look like I've been in a wrestling match already. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, Kyle O'Reilly. Love the guy. Love the story. I love how Adam Cole went to his jujitsu gym to try to beat him up. And that got, you know, thrown back into his face. Uh, everything about this is really fun. This is the story. And Roman Reigns is the best character in WWE, but the story in WWE as a whole is this undisputed era, dissension, breakup, fallout, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, well, before we get into our next thing, that's WWE as a whole, unless you had anything that stuck out to you that I didn't cover, but I'm not getting the... Well, you want me to get into some Tweet the Tables oh, yeah, real let's quick? let's do that before we talk about our yeah, last so, subject. Yeah. yeah, so before we move on to our last subject here, let's get into some Tweet the Tables uh, from WIRCADA. 
He has a photo from backstage at Fastlane of Matt Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura looking at each other, maybe alluding to a future program or a feud between the two. And Cataclysmic says, or Cata says, good Lord, this would be a match I'd absolutely love to see someday. Too bad they're both in WWE. And I think this talks to the confidence that we have in the promotion where you have Matt Riddle and Nakamura, a legitimate MMA fighter and the king of strong style. And we don't know how to execute on that. Well, and that's the thing is like match will be good. Matt, they'll find a way to put on a match that you oh, watch. You're like amazing. Mm-hmm. But we, what he's saying there is the buildup to all of that is going to be shit. Like it's not, nobody's going to give a fuck. Now, Kata is more into the wrestling matches than the storyline. I think we've covered this over the years. So that's less of a hit to him, but like he even realizes it sounds like like the match is going to be hindered a little bit and the and, and the storyline is going to be kind of it's going to be generic and childish. Let's take a point. Sheamus hit Riddle. He's probably going to get a US title shot now because all he did was hit him with his Yeah. You know, scooter. They, they Although stood- Riddle Riddle was like, oh, was it something I said, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Because Riddle plays that lovable goof that I think anyone can be like, I have a friend like that. Now, maybe it's We do have a friend like that. Yeah, but maybe it's like (laughs) chemically substanced, you know, of why he is that way. But still. an MMA fighter turned wrestler who likes to smoke a lot. I can't think of anyone. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Anyhow, so. Uh, let's get into our next one from at Theo 75. I don't want your opinion on this now. Uh, Theo love you. Yeah. The, the tweet gets a little sideways here, but I want Tim's reaction to it here. So he says at Theo 75, Alexa bliss can make chicken crap into chicken Alfredo. She pretty much carried the apex bathroom break and the return of the fiend was great. 15 out of 10. So, we alluded to the fiend returned. Now I we we kind of shared our two cents about what that was. However, with this Randy Orton fiend, I want your two cents on Alexa Bliss. How do you think she's doing in this role? She's the only one that's carried this. I mean, he's right. She's carried the whole entire storyline. I mean, Randy Orton's had a few things here and there, but like it's all been built around this. Like Alexa Bliss is carrying the name of the fiend. Uh, I've even seen some thoughts that that might not actually be bray wyatt like something's happened here he's still stalling out and we haven't heard him speak yet we haven't got a whole lot of close-ups on the guy it's in a burnt up mat they still may be stalling time may not actually be him for all the fuck we know um it has been her carrying on but again it's been for nothing she's been the only intriguing thing out of it so yeah she might be able to turn it into chicken something but i i still feel like this is a lot of chicken shit and this could be one of the I, I don't know. I don't know what they think. This is scary. Like, I, guy popped out from under the ring. Like, I, I get, yeah, okay, so you burn him, he's dead, he's back. Okay, but, like, could, look, the Fiend mask was already a mask, Pushing right? And, and we understood yeah. that, okay, this guy's got personality problems, so he puts on the mask when he's the Fiend, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's actually turning character. Like, even in the kayfabe world, we kind of understand that. They haven't necessarily said that. But they've kind of you get the idea that he's not really turning into a fiend outside of his own mental switch, and then he dresses up as such. But now 
it looks like you put a mask on the mask and it's just really starting to get hard to be behind this, you know? Well, my concern with as good as Alexa bliss has been in this storyline and she has, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've always found her intriguing and captivating totally new for her character. Totally yeah. intriguting. Yeah. Done a well yeah. in acting with it. Of 100%. course. And, it, and when she, uh, bumps up against some of the women in WWE. It's intriguing. The stuff she did with Oscar where Oscar was just completely dumbfounded with what the fuck, the mm -hmm. little character changes she does when she was wrestling Alexa bliss. It's all been, or excuse me, um, Nikki cross has all been awesome. However, we're leading into this match now with Randy Orton and the fiend. So what does Alexa bliss do? Yeah. What does she do? Cause she exactly. can't just stand there ringside. You know what else? I've really been annoyed with. You know how many memes and bullshit statements I've heard about, like, how Randy Orton's the luckiest guy. Randy Orton's the real winner. His wife must be pit. Like, Jesus Christ, we've gone full sophomore with the. Oh. She fucking sat on his midsection, guys. She wasn't even sitting over his crotch. Like, she was on his fucking stomach, guys. It's the it's the loserist version of. Isn't that cool? It yeah. No. No, even a woman I'm attracted to, her sitting there isn't some guy. It's the type of guy that nuts when he puts on a condom. That's what we're so getting from. So much, so much all over the Facebook, all over the Twitter, yeah. all over the fucking oh, it's the everything. dumbest thing. It's the it's the yeah, it's the you just told on yourself on how much of a fucking loser you are. That's yeah, what fucking you do virgins. <laughs> Uh, but what I was getting at with with uh, the the WrestleMania match is this going to be a Firefly Funhouse match? Is that the only way we can do a reset on Bray Wyatt? Right, he Randy Orton enters into this world, and then we can do the like alteration of now the Fiend, kind of like the Swamp match. Now he's something else. What if? What if the it's a Firefly Funhouse match and Orton loses, but it cures him of the voices in his head? Yeah, and just like John Cena, he has 20 years of both in character and then that breaking More the fourth wall stuff. Yeah. yeah, but the, uh, the like, oh, but he was a mess up at 2005 oh, to 2007, or, you know? Or what if, like, we play the angle this the other way. Bray Wyatt's, I have always been the voices in your head. oh like, that would be great right you've heard yeah. the voices it's been me and then like he can just start saying some things that like we've never heard before but randy orton's like the fuck did you hear that right like who the fuck told you that right like and then we're like oh shit he is the voices in his head right and that would understand and then we could it's understand that him and her the voices yeah and then this is that connection of why bray wyatt and randy orton have always had this collide you know collision type of uh, bumping into each other so book it book it but book yeah i think it has it. to be a firefly firefly funhouse match it right ought to be. yeah it can't be a normal match in front of the tampa yeah. crowd of twenty thousand. well if you like what we just did here you should join the crowd join the table nation use hashtag tweet the table on twitter now you can follow us on tiktok at spanish Downs table you can follow us on the facebook spanish Downs table podcast you can even follow us on twitter at table show instagram we're spanish Downs podcast spanish Downs table.net all of those things but hashtag tweet the table gets you in the motherfucking game, right? That's going to put gang, you gang. riding in on a horse, coming in to give us uh -huh. something to talk about, right? right? Spice the show up a little bit. Join the table nation. But you mentioned Randy Orton. 
I want to talk a little bit about Randall K. Orton because he was on the Broken Skull Sessions podcast on the WWE Network Peacock thing. And we talked about the Sasha Banks one. This one was good as well. And you kind of hit it up to me, told me, like, hey, make sure you watch this because the self-awareness out of Randy Orton. Incredible. Yeah. That was the biggest thing I took away Mm -hmm. from this is that a person in his position could have easily, and people in his position in other industries and also in pro wrestling have a million times done the, huh? Mm -hmm. How cool was that, right? Yep. So what we did, brother, is we were thinking about this spot, and he said, well, why don't you do this? And I said, actually, why don't we tweak it a little bit? And then that's the magic you saw. We've seen a million people say that. But what he did, which was so incredible, was saying about, for example, the Evan Bourne, now Matt Matt Seidel, the, I didn't come up with that. He said, I'll do the backflip. And I said, okay, I'll catch your ass. And like, I'm physically gifted. Now I'm putting words in his mouth here, but he's like, I'm physically gifted. Right. So I fucking did it. But what he was saying is like, these guys I work with, they come up with all these awesome spots. I just have to perform. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. Thought yeah. it was incredible. Yeah. Well, and I like how he's like, basically was like, look, I mean, my dad made a call and I got a spot. Uh, you know what I mean? I wasn't ready for the title when I got it. Like I, like the, the introspection he's had now, which again, they hit on this in the show and we've talked about it he's putting in some of his best work now there's no reason we couldn't see a few more randy orton title reigns at the top he still looks like a million dollars he still tells some of the best stories mm-hmm. uh he's not out of the game by any stretch of the magic if he wrestled another 10 years it wouldn't surprise anybody i don't think um outside of him just being like i've done it all you know side note if it did feel though like he already had a storyline ready for when he got the 17th championship mm-hmm. him and cena Rick Flair as the ref. It was like, okay, who's been talking to you? Or what are you doing here, pal? Think of, of course, you would have things. to, though. Wouldn't you have to? Yeah, but you wouldn't know what I mean? Who to. wants to see yeah. that? Yeah. Which credits to Stone Cold Steve Austin where he said, like, you two were the you know biggest of rivals, but you wrestled too much, right? And Randy Orton, to his credit, was like, yeah. No, we totally did. It was way too many matches. It was fun. Fucking way overdone. Mm-hmm. I also liked what Randy Orton, what you were talking about, where he said his dad gave him the spot where he said, you know, he, he looks at the Kevin Owens and the AJ styles of, of the roster. And he's like, man, they must be killing themselves. I didn't have to do that. Like he, he's so fortunate and it's not that it's lost on him. I think that is, I guess well, I think the, he tries to pay the respects to those guys. Even, you know, he's like, hey, right. I'm not even like the guys who bled this thing. Read Like he was like, I just kind of mm-hmm. was like, Hey, I mean, I, you know, had needed something to do. God, and he's like, yeah. that was never necessarily lost on him, even though I don't think he, like, I think he, what he's saying now is, like, he now knows how to fully appreciate what that meant mm-hmm. and, like, how lucky he was versus, like, I think back then he knew, like, yeah, man, I'm pretty lucky. But knowing now, like, oh, shit, to have gotten where I've gotten, boy, I was super fucking lucky. As he's yeah. saying, like, I got the best job in the fucking world, and I didn't have to fucking grind like these guys did, albeit to the past 20 years are a grind. but Yeah, of course. Right. Well, and even that he would uh, acknowledge that there were times in his career where he's like, yeah, I kind of phoned this in. I showed mm-hmm. up. I knew I didn't have to do too much. They didn't really want me to talk, so I didn't talk, and I did my match. I knew it wouldn't be the worst match on the card, so we got there yeah. and we got to the next town. It really came across showing him as like one of the most down-to-earth people we've seen in the industry in a while. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And also, I think that should be another thing that if you're a writer in WWE, you should say, like, I want to work for this guy because when he is interested, we can make some of the best moments in WWE, right? We can do the RKO of Beth Phoenix because he's into this. So I need to step up my game and not just write, hey, Randy, you're mad at Keith Lee because he uh hit your plate in catering mm. huh you know like you gotta work for guys who have the talent but aren't just gonna say oh by all means pal i'll try to turn this into the best possible thing because randy orton like he said is if you give me shit i'll just say fuck it i'll do a good match and get the fuck out and so more people need to be like that yeah. if you're a, if you're a pro wrestler and you're like this writing sucks in my opinion, you need to stop with this, like, but I'm going to do the absolute best to make sure that everyone remembers that me and Keith Lee fly over catering. Fuck that. It's stupid. Don't do it. Right. Like, make them be better. This is where Vince McMahon and his little cronies are getting off the hook because you mm -hmm. guys are bending over backwards as independent if contractors. You, if you keep pulling up the slack, and this goes for you watching listening at home, if you keep pulling up the slack... For bad management at your place of work, you will never get anything but bad management at mm -hmm. your place of work. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and with that said, that, Tim. with that said, we managed to manage this like a fucking boss. Uh -huh. Another Come episode in of the Spanish Announce Table. Remember to use the hashtag Tweet the Tables. Follow us all over the social media. We already told you. Find all the links at SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Check out. There's a merch table. You can shop. You can buy some stuff. There's some masks. There's a Spanish Announce Table mask for however long you got to use those left. Uh, go on there, buy some Maybe more on that. We're still got to work and tweak with the merch table, but you can buy some stuff. It's available now. You can donate to the show. Um, but mostly just talk to us. Use hashtag to the table. We miss you. We want to talk to you guys. Indeed. Miss you. Love you. Bye. The Spanish Announce Table.